Good evening, everyone. Go ahead. My name is Ryan, and this is my beautiful bride, Callie, and we, we are delighted to be here and just kind of get a chance to share with you guys uh, just some of the things God's taught us um, just over, over the years. And before we kind of jump into that, uh, a little bit about us, been married for 15 years, mm-hmm. and so there we were many years ago. Mm. I had a collarbone, y'all. <laughs> so good. And from that time, we had three kiddos, and so here's, we like to have fun in the Nixon family, and so that's just kind of some of the fun throughout the years, and then our little biddies continue to grow up, um, and it's been awesome. And so my wife, she's been on staff for a few years, kind of with our women's ministry, and uh, been on staff as well, I mean, almost like eight years with this ministry of Reengage, and it's been such a joy being a part of this ministry, and kind of over the past couple months have been transitioning from Reengage to our recovery ministry on Monday nights, which is called Regen. And so it's so fun just to be here and to join you guys, you know, and just continue to talk about what God is doing through the gospel um, in marriage. And so love being here with y'all. And if you're new or if you've been here for a while tonight, it's going to be just a little bit different. You know, you're used to coming in and hearing these incredible stories week to week of where couples have been in their marriage and then by God's unrelenting grace where they are now. And I think what we want to do for you tonight is just paint a picture of what could be and and give you a really deep-seated hope that whether you come in here tonight and you're having a hard time sitting next to the person who you're sitting with or you're here alone or you're here and you're starting to maybe turn a corner, we want to cast that vision of hope for the future that God has for your marriage. And tonight, to do that, we want to talk about that couple. Who's that couple? That couple is that couple that you kind of love and kind of hate a little bit. You know, you see them in the restaurant and they just cannot stop with the touching. And there's just, there's like a lot going on. And they're, you know, they're sitting, they can't sit across from each other in a booth. What do they do? They sit next to each other in a booth. You walk in, you're like, you're that couple. You know, what yeah. else? What are yeah, they? no, I, mean, I think, I mean, there's just this idea of like, like, hey, whatever's going on over there, the conversation they're having, the way that they're laughing, just the way that they're enjoying one another, it's like, it draws you in like, you want to be a part of that conversation as well. Yeah. And, and so, and then we all know that other couple, and it's that couple that, you know, maybe they're, they're in their 70s, and they're kind of sitting across from each other, and like, there is no conversation. There's no life. They sit down. They order, they eat, maybe there's a newspaper kind of between them, um, or maybe they're in their 20s or 30s and they're just on their phone. They sit down, same thing. It's like there's no life between them. And as you're thinking about that couple, it's like, one, you might be asking like, is that what we look like, like as we come in here? Or you're kind of thinking to yourself like, hey, I I don't want to be that, like because that's not like life-giving for them or anybody around them. And what we want to submit to you tonight that we think that what that couple has is a really deeply rooted friendship. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't even say it's a friendship set on fire. Yeah. And this idea of this friendship set on fire, we believe, like truly helps couples enjoy the richness um, and the the deepness of of marriage that God wants for every single one of us. And so it's, it's that rich friendship that helps us wade through the hard times, like whether it's something that's happened to you or kind of like, hey, we're, we're at odds with one another. Um, and it's also that rich friendship that to an unbelieving world and a believing world that looks in on that relationship and just says, okay, I don't know what it is that you have, but I want it. Um, and if there's a God that's helping you produce that, like I want to know that God as well. And so we just want to talk a little bit more about that. And like what Callie said, as we think about just this room and just being a part of this room, 
Like, we know people who are here are in all different stages of their marriage. And, like, we just want you to know, like, we've been there too. And so for some of y'all, like, you're hanging on a thread, and it's like, hey, we don't know if our next step is going to lead towards separation or divorce. Um, And so your next step isn't, okay, how do we grow in our friendship? But it's like, how do we continue to rebuild trust uh, when trust has been broken? And, And that was a part of our story. Like, you can go back and listen to our testimony to where four years into marriage, Um, People thought that we were doing great. I was in full-time ministry, um, but I was lying about my addiction to to lust, pornography, and masturbation. And as that came out, there was broken trust, and there was not a rich kind of aspect of friendship. Like, we had a long time where we had to build back trust with one another. And so your next step might just be, hey, what is our next step towards building trust with one another? And then for some of you, you're, you're struggling, and, but you're like, hey, okay, what is our steps towards moving towards oneness with Jesus and oneness in marriage? And it's like, okay, those are your next steps. And some of you might be here because you've slipped into another area that we can fall into where you, there might not be hostility in between you, but there's probably not intimacy. So maybe you've just become really good roommates and you're floating and you're kind of ships in the dark that are just passing. And then some of you tonight might be like, man, we're good, but we, we want to grow and we want to take it to great. And so we want you to know that we see you in all of those places. And while it feels maybe impossible to touch every single person where they are, we know that God knows exactly what you walked in with here tonight. And we pray that this is an encouragement because we do, we want to paint a picture of hope of what this could be. And I think you all got married. So at some point you experienced this feeling of friendship. You experienced this feeling of noticing right when they walked in the room and noticing right when they left. And we believe that it can be that way again for you in your marriage. And so as you're moving towards this idea of, okay, what does it look like for us to love each other sacrificially and care for one another and serve one another? And I think those are all great things that we need to continue to move towards one another. But another question for all of us is like, do you like each other? Like, do you enjoy and want to enjoy the person that you're with? And like, we believe one of the single greatest things, like after you move towards that place of rebuilding trust, is moving towards a place to where you can say like, all right, like this is my person and this is the person that I enjoy being with. And that's simple. Tonight's going to be really simple, but it's really, really hard. And so to tackle something that's simple but hard, we're going to use perhaps maybe the most overused metaphor. No, it's never been used before. No, probably it's never been used before in talking about marriage. We're going to use the analogy of a fire, okay? Yeah. Fire, burn bright, marriage. You see where we're going with this. We have two different sources of heat we're going to talk about tonight, okay? The first one, think of like a charcoal stove, okay? So think of like... Um, you know, Charles Dickens, Tiny Tim, kind of, (laughs) we're not warm, but we're not dying, you know, is kind of the first thought. And and that's not a fire that inspires anything. So much like a marriage that might have faithfulness, it has commitment, it has sacrifice, you're alive, but you're found wanting. Yeah. And then the other fire we're going to get to is, you guessed it, A bonfire. Raging bonfire. Yeah. And so as you think about like a bonfire on the beach, like whether you're a part of this party or not, like people are drawn in, they want to be around it, like it kind of breathes life into people. And so when there is this friendship, like you have all those other things, that commitment, service, sacrifice, because that's kind of that bond that holds you together. But when there is that friendship, like it draws people in and people like, hey, I want to be a part of that. Like, hey, this is um, a room and a place that I want to be. Um, and so, like, before we dive in, we want to make sure we're kind of clear on what this is and what it's not, like, when we talk about friendship in the midst of marriage. And so, what it's not. 
please, dear Lord, don't hear us say, it is not without conflict. We're not saying that in order to get to a place where your marriage is worthy of repeating, you must never have conflict. That's, we know that that's not true. It's also not about pretending like you're doing better than you are. It's not about putting on a show. It's not about like being like this in the car and then getting out of the car and being like, hi, Judy. You know, It's not that. <laughs> It's being real about where you are and allowing the Lord to come in and transform it. And it's also not being someone else. Like it's not being the most extravagant person in a room or a couple in the room. And that's what it looks like to have like a rich friendship. But I mean, this is what it is. Like it is, this is my best friend. Like this person that I'm with, they're my first call when I get a promotion. And also they're my first call when my world is wrecked because something really difficult has happened. Like a friend has passed away or a parent has got cancer. Like this is the one who creates a safe place for me to share uh, my fears and also my dreams. Um, And like, and this is the person that I prefer above all others. Yeah, this is the person that when they walk into the room, And I know we can imagine what this used to be if it's not currently this way, that when they walk into the room, my eyes light up. I think that's that's the kind of person that this is. And this is a person that not only am I committed to till death do us part, but like this is a person that I really, really like. And we've just, we've had this by God's grace as a really high value. We started out as friends. I could not get him to be physically attracted to me. So I was his friend for about two and a half years. That's not in the note. It's not, but it was a good tidbit. Um, But that value was so high in a part of our marriage that I wanted to really cement it. So I put it on our wedding rings. And so I put, um, well, Song of Solomon 516 says, this is my beloved and this is my friend. Because I wanted belovedness and friendship to be a part of our marriage. We wanted that. Right. Yeah, of course. But it was so, on your ring. Yeah, it was on my ring. Okay. Thank you so much. And so, but here's kind of like a quick side note, and we've got a picture of our ring, and because uh, once, I, I, one, throughout my years, I've kind of gained some LBs and gotten a little more tubby, so the ring doesn't fit as well. And so w- once I lost it, I left it somewhere on campus, and someone emailed out and said, hey, here's someone's wedding ring. If it's yours, let me know before you go there, David. Um, and so what's interesting is that on the, on the ring, she didn't put Song of Solomon 516. She put Song of Solomon 514. So okay. our poly- there is a lot going on, okay? You're getting ready for a wedding. Yeah. You don't always double check the scripture. And so there was, after I lost it, our apologetics pastor wrote this email right here. And it says, just so y'all know, Song of Solomon's 514 says, his arms are rods of gold and set with topaz. His body's like polished ivory decorated with lapis lazul. And what the? And, uh, and so. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. And so then I responded. This is an all-staff email. I responded with, what can I say? My lovey thinks I'm hot. And then I said, but she could have put, you know, 10 through 16. Am I right? And it kind of just goes in and she's talking about how amazing he is. And so, one, that might have been something she could have said when I was working at camp during the summertime. But, like, I just want you all to know for, you know, the majority of our marriage, it's become, like, saggy tricep, man boobs, and, like, a jello mold for a tummy. And so there is no ivory going on right here. All right? But she still loves me, which is great. I do still love him, and I... I did put the wrong verse on his ring, but he never wears it. He uses his little tattoo. So we five year, five year wedding anniversary to each other. Um, we want to keep things simple. And so <laughs> we are going to talk about two things tonight. We're going to talk about one, a way to snuff out this flame and two ways to ignite it. And we're winking at ourselves because we know that this is a silly analogy, but I think it's really, really helpful. Yeah. Okay. So 
as we're thinking about like things that can kind of snuff out just that flame within our marriage, like we just want you to know, like we've done this over the 15 years, like a plenty of times. And it's like, we have to continue to work at this. Like even over these last two months, like we have to continue to work at these things. And so the first kind of barrier that keeps us from experiencing this friendship um, is conflict, right? Sin and broken trust, like definitely, I mean, it just snuffs out that flame immediately. And so as we talked about, like, lust and pornography has been a part of my journey like within our marriage and 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 lust and poor choices with lust like even after coming through recovery you know 12 13 years ago like has continued to be a part of our journey and so like when that happens there is trust that's broken and there's hurt that's there and like we have to work through that when there's sin and broken trust to move back towards each other well and i also 100 percent contributed to our conflict because I myself had had past struggles with lust. And, but when I came to him and he was confessing, I met him with, um, just a lot of self-righteousness and I was not doing a good job at creating a safe place for failure in our marriage. And I also did this thing that we now call, I would outlawyer him where God has given me the gift of gab. And I can say a lot of words really, really fast. That's not helpful and at times emasculating to my husband. So we would find ourselves in a place where I'm like, I think I won that. Mm -hmm. And it's really like, yeah, but that didn't do anything to help you move towards one another in your marriage. It actually hurt it. There was some times where she would kind of encourage, hey, I really want you to speak into my life. And it's like, okay, I'll do that. I'd come, the conversation would start. I'd come and share with her something that she had done or said that kind of hurt me. And then after the conversation was over, I was asking forgiveness for like how I maybe didn't see it the way that she did. And I was like, wait, what just happened there? Um, <laughs> and so we're, we're both I'm works in front of, of that. it. So it's conflict, true. and then me avoiding conflict. It's like, hey, I'd just rather not rock the boat, and right. so let's just not have this conversation. And so I think sometimes you're not experiencing this friendship because there's some things unspoken over the last 10 years, 20 years, 40 years of marriage that it's like, hey, let's just not go there. You do you, I'll do me in this area, and we'll be okay. The next one is just complacency. And so it's a lack of initiation. Um, kind of what I told you our ditch could be right now, we, because we're friends, we can become really good roommates. Mm-hmm. And we have to be careful that we're continually initiating um, towards being intentional with one another. For some of you all, maybe it's, it's easier to be house partners than it is to be lovers and friends. And so with all the constancy of what's going on in your home, that can be what you put all of your focus in. And you can really allow that status quo to kind of just creep in. Yeah. And what that looked like, I mean, for us early on, I mean, not early on in marriage and just over the last year is that when she's uh, when my wife's struggling with something, like I many times cannot do a good job by just sitting and being present and being listening and asking good questions and being empathetic. It's like I can move really quickly into, oh, like, I can't believe she did that to you. Hey, have you had that hard conversation? Have you gone back to her and like talked to her about that and like trying to help her work through that instead of just sitting and like embracing and like, I'm sorry, like that, that just, that stinks. And so um, those just are areas that I'm wanting, continuing to work through. Um, And then uh, I guess another one is just kind of burnout and exhaustion, like just having things, whether it's basketball practice or something on Monday night and Wednesday night, like for two months in a row is just something that can keep friendship from happening. Totally a hypothetical situation. Not these last two months. The last two months. It's a constant fight. And I think it's something that's worth it. The next one's comparison. Yeah. And so like comparing your marriage 
um, or your spouse to someone else. And so many times in life, and especially in marriage, like we will compare our spouse's weaknesses with another friend's spouse's strengths. And so it's like, and that's just not fair because God created each of us differently, and that's a beautiful thing. But we can be discouraged because why can't you be more like her or him? Which honestly... I'm really passionate about this because I saw it in my own life. My dad's here in the room tonight, and my dad is wired in a way that is super conversational. If he knows you for five seconds, he is going to get all up in your business and ask you all these uncomfortable questions, and I just love that. And sometimes, like what Ryan was saying is, I could take an area where my dad might be strong and my husband might not be as strong in that area and compare them, and it's just not fair. We do this with our coworkers. We do this with our community groups. We do this with our friend groups and it is toxic and Mm -hmm. we can't do it. The other thing we can do besides comparison is we can be in competition with our spouse. Mm -hmm. So some of you all opposites have attracted and that's why you're married because you're really different. Some of you all are very, very similar and that's why you've attracted. And so there can be some competition with you all and maybe I have the same giftings as he does, but I want to do them better. And I think we can be in competition with ourselves. The last thing we can do is we can shit on ourselves. Mm, That's messy. Oh my God! What? Um, yes, it is. We can't. Like we sin can is messy. Should on ourselves, and what that means is, we have this unrealistic expectation of ourselves. So, like, oh, we should be more like Bob and Terry and invite people to dinner. Did y'all hear it right? Did you hear what it? Because y'all are stumbling. I heard it perfect. S h o u l d. We okay. all heard that. Okay. All so right. Don't do it. So. Now, as we're thinking through, like, the next thing is, like, not only, okay, what do we need to kind of avoid or kind of work through, but, hey, what are some things we can practically do to build friendship in the midst of our marriage and in the midst of our relationship? And so, again, this isn't a one-size-fits-all with with either of these, but here's some just ideas of just ways that we can kind of continue to build into our friendship and our marriage. And the first one is championing one another, right? And so we have to encourage one another as long as the day is called today. Like, in so many aspects of life, whether it's work or kind of parenting, school, like there's so many things to where it's like someone is trying to kind of teach you or correct you or instruct on how you can do better. And for most of us, like we don't need more instruction um, like, or more information. Like we need that encouragement. And so I love Hebrews 3, 10 through 12, where it says, hey, brothers, like, like, take care of one another. So in a marriage, like, husband, take care of your wife so that she doesn't have an evil and unbelieving heart causing her to fall away from the living God. But instead, encourage her as long as today is called today so that she's not hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And so we need to encourage one another, like, daily, like, more than daily, uh, to help one another. And I think we can all acknowledge that in hard times and seasons of your life, this is a discipline. Mm-hmm. It's not happening out of the overflow of your heart potentially, but any of you who've ever been with kids or had kids in hard seasons, you're straining to find that one thing that you can compliment. And we can do the same thing with our spouses, where even if there's 15 things that day that frustrated me, if there's one that he did that had some semblance of shiny, then I'm going to try and praise it. And I, one of the things my wife, like an analogy that she's used before, which is so good, is like there can be those 15 things like sticky notes on the wall, and you're in that room to where there's all these things that are disappointing. And if you continue to stare at those sticky notes, you're going to think of more and put them on the wall. But what you can discipline yourself to do is like, I'm going to step out of that wall, out of that room. I'm going to walk into another room, that room of encouragement, and I'm going to, there might just be one thing that I write on that wall, and just kind of put it up there. It's like, hey, he brought me coffee. 
you know, today. He made my coffee today. And when, if you stay in that room, more ideas will come to your mind. And so sometimes we have to discipline ourselves to move out of the room of disappointment, to move into the room of just like affirming your spouse. Um, another one is just like respecting and honoring one another as we're thinking about championing each other. And like we have to be devoted to like just an outdo one another and honoring one another. And so I love uh, John and Debbie Wingfield are some of our leaders and they've been married. They've been friends for like, you know, 50 years, been married for 40 years. I think they knew each other in like first grade. And one of the things I love about John um, is 40 years into marriage, like every time they drive somewhere, even if they're not on a date, he's opening her door. Um, he's, you know, for her to get in, he's closing it. He's opening the door. When she comes into room, he stands up. And that's just a way that he's saying, hey, like, I respect and honor you no matter where we are, which is just such an encouragement. I think another thing you can do is you respect one another, especially as women, um, even if you're really desperately struggling to not say something rude, you can just not say anything. It's that old thumper. Like, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Don't participate in the um, banter The banter of what's happening. Oh, my spouse did this. My spouse did this. That can start to one-up each other. Just remain quiet, and that's all you have to do. Next one is, like, celebrating together. Yeah, we, we have to. This doesn't everybody, but... We, we want to celebrate big, even on little things. And so accomplishments at work or things um, that are fun. I love anywhere that's on the other end of an airplane ride. And so that's a super huge love. If you want to fly me to San Angelo, I will be super excited about it. Um, and so travel is a super way that we can celebrate together and play together. We play, um, even sometimes when we're not in the mood, we play uh, games together like Carcassonne, Gin, Remy, just because it's something that you can be doing with your hands and you end up talking to each yeah. other. So it's kind of playing together, like celebrate yeah. and play with one celebrate another. Celebrate and play. Yeah. And the next one is converse with each other. Got to keep those C's going. So you talk to each other. And even when it feels hard, one of the things that we've seen um, that has helped, kind of as some of the things we mentioned earlier, if I have something that I'm going to say that feels hard for me, and I'm a little scared we're going to be in that tennis match, and I'm going to volley to him, and he's not going to hit the ball back. That's I, great, babe. I can say, hey, I want to share something with you, and I need you to talk with me about it. Mm -hmm. We kind of give little caveats. Or if he's going to tell me something hard, he'll say, hey, I have something hard for you to hear, and I need you to have ears to listen. Something to just kind of help us converse with one another. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with tools. Yeah. Tools are helpful. And then sometimes that conversing is just laughing with each other and having fun. Like Callie's brother and, and his wife, like they, again, you don't have to be like them, but like there's, there's always laughter around them and just silliness. And like for many times, like you hear them in the other room and it's just like, I just want to go be a part of that conversation because they're having a party and they're laughing. And like, so it's important just that we converse emotionally hard things, but also laugh and joke around each other as well. The next one is just uh, choose your spouse. So this is the fourth one, like that you prefer them over all other people. And so like you, no matter where you are in your surroundings, like um, that, hey, when they come in, it's like, hey, that everything stops because they're in that room or they're the one who called you on the phone. And that even means with like PDA, like, you know, it's be kind of weird. I mean, that, it's okay if you want to be weird every now and then, but like, hey, like, like public displays of affection, like even if you are in like a business meeting or whatever it might be, it's like, hey, that's, that's good. Okay. And then maybe you'll have friends if they, if you're like taking that a little too far. 
all right? So um, we have some friends like that. But like here's some ways that I just notice people like show preference for their spouse. I mean, one is, is Mandy Bagdanoff and her husband, Leonard. Like when she first came on the team and she was right next door to me, like I would see him pop up like, and it's almost like any time, like, he didn't have a lunch, she didn't have a lunch, like, he was running up there and like, hey, let's go to lunch together. And so, like, as they're working together, like, they were always showing preference, like, hey, if I don't have something, you don't have something, let's be together. And then my parents, this has been really fun. They've been married for 40 plus years, and my mom is a city girl, all right? AC and bubble baths, like, she is not wanting to be outdoors, especially when it's cold. But, like, this last year, one of the things it's been so fun. It's like my dad's a hunter. He loves being outdoors. I love hunting. It's like she started going hunting with him. And she was like, and she's kind of a girl like, okay, she's going to pick her jewelry out first, then her outfit. And so that's the same when she's in the deer blind is that she's got her jewelry. She's got her outfit. She's got her Chico and Nordstrom's like kind of jacket. And then she's just kind of sitting there right next to him as they're hunting together. And then the last one, it's just been fun to see is like for my in-laws, like my father-in-law, like he'll come home early from a trip or ask, you know, his wife to come home early from like out of town because he didn't want to spend the night alone. And it's just like, hey, like I don't want to be alone without you. And so I'm changing my plans or will you change your plans just so we can be together. And this last example of like just a guy that I was working with, like anytime his wife called, no matter what the meeting was about, like he would just say, hey, let's hold on just one second. Like really no matter what the meeting was about. You could be in the middle of hardcore conflict camp discipline and he'd be, hold on one second. Yeah, and he'd, hey honey, how you doing? Like what's going on? And it wasn't like an annoyance. It was like, hey, I'm fully present for this conversation. And that's showing, like I choose you over everyone else in those relationships. Whenever he came up with that idea the first time, I was like, oh, that's great, babe. How do you think we do it at doing that when I call I you? No, when you call, it's the same thing. It's like, I mean, doesn't matter. No. Yeah, like, hey, babe, what's, yeah, what's going on? I can tell his level of stress by how he answers the phone. It's like, hey, babe. I'm like, never mind. It's fine. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. I'm not doing anything. That's an area where we can grow, though, and it's an area that's such a blessing to get to watch other people do well. You're not going to do everything well that other people do well, but you can find your areas that you can really thrive in. And that's just where it's like, okay, and this is where it goes to the, okay, what do I do with this? Right. What's next? And, and here's what I want to encourage you to do is first, evaluate where you are in your marriage as it pertains to friendship. Now, again, as we talked about earlier, like if you're hanging on a thread, like don't even evaluate right now and just kind of think through, okay, what do we need to do to take steps towards oneness with Jesus and rebuilding trust in our marriage? Um, But for those who are doing good and it's like, hey, we want to move towards each other, like, okay, just evaluate. How are we doing this idea of friendship? Um, And then for the husbands, I would just, and I think everybody could do this, no matter, even if you are hanging on a thread, it's just, okay, what's one barrier that I can remove like as it thinks about like kind of keeping us from friendship and what's one thing that I can initiate that's going to help us move towards friendship. Just one thing. Yeah, wives, we can for sure do this as well. Um, And I think the next question we would ask, that that has to be a little ruthless too because some of those things can be on the thought level. And then the next thing we would just ask is, hey, when and if we do this well, how might it change our life, marriage, and the rest of our ministry? How could it change? So spend a bit of time dreaming. Like, and I know it might feel hard to do right now, but if, if this changed, if we developed a friendship that is truly set on fire, how could that change our life? How would that change our marriage and our relationship with our kids and our friends mm-hmm. and see what God might do? Yeah. And I think sometimes 
like for us, I mean, again, 12 years ago when we were in the midst of our kind of just darkest days within marriage, like we weren't thinking about this, but it's also good that even in the midst of the darkness and in really difficult times, that we do kind of look towards the horizon and say, okay, here's what it could be like. And I think one of the things I love about this ministry is week in and week out, you're hearing stories from people who've walked through their own darkness, and it looks different for everybody, um, and, and God has moved them through the other side. And I just want you to know, it's not about re-engage, it's not about watermark, and it's not about your leaders, although they're amazing. Like, it is always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, his life, death, and resurrection. It's about God's word, God's spirit, and being around God's people that help you move through the difficult times and then move you to a place where you're flourishing and you're thriving. And that's where God wants you to be. And so I just want you to, again, like what my wife said earlier, is like, we just want to paint a picture tonight of what it could be. Um, And so no matter where you are, like if, if you're in that really difficult spot, just say, hey, okay, Lord, Like, we know that you can take us there. Um, And what is our next step of faithfulness towards moving back to where you want us to be, which might be rebuilding trust? So, guys, thank you so much for letting us come up and share tonight.